Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, Christmas is a good time. Anybody watching any Hallmark movies lately? Oh, man. What's up with you girls and your Hallmark movies? They're so sappy. I want to let you know it's not real, though, right? That is not real. That's not real. The, the romance, the perfect Christmas tree, the, the cookie decorating, it's not real. Okay, how many people like the, the movie Elf? Elf, anybody out there? Yes. If you sing alone, you can sing in front of other people. There's no difference. I'm singing. I'm singing in the store. I'm singing. Remember that part? We watched that as a family just the other day. And uh, I love the innocence of Elf and, and understanding, you know, the simplicity of Christmas. But, you know, all those Christmas traditions are, are great. Um, but at the end of the day, we celebrate Christmas because of Jesus, right? He's our Lord. He's our Savior. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about um, expectations, how many people are expecting something for Christmas? Did you make a, uh, yes, all the young people here, you've made your list, you're expecting something. But what happens if you don't get what you expect? Guess what? That happens in life, doesn't it? Sometimes we create these anticipations in our mind of expectation and it doesn't quite work out. And how do we handle that? You know, I think sometimes we expect things of God and we place an expectation on God. Like, I've been praying for that healing. I've been praying for that spouse. I've been praying for whatever it is. And it has, didn't come through the way you thought it was. And, and you start, sometimes feel maybe let down by God. But I, I want to I challenge that thinking a little bit. I want to suggest that maybe God's not letting us down. Maybe it's our own expectations that are letting us down. See, God's faithful. He's true. You know, I think that is the problem a little bit with uh, our social media today. We can, we can all pre present ourselves in a certain way. We can pretend and we can create these. And we look at all of our other friends who are also pretending and, and you know, showing the perfect pictures at Christmas time. And then we feel like we don't measure up. We have these expectations we should be measuring up. And and then we kind of look at the reality of our life. It's like, wait a second, I feel a little let down. Expectations. Do you see what I see? Is this series that we've been going through and realizing that we need to start seeing things from God's perspective if we're going to be able to navigate life in the way that is really pleasing to God, but also in a way that helps us to be successful in life. Do you see what I see? Yes, it is a Christmas carol, but at the same token, it's it's a reminder that we need to start seeing the way that God sees the situation. Because when we just kind of conjure up some expectations in our mind, and then all of a sudden those expectations don't get met, we can sometimes think like, oh my word, i just been let down, and has God let us down? But he hasn't. If you have your Bibles, we're going to look at um, the account of Jesus' birth in Luke chapter 2. If you want to take go there, if you want to actually, just want to let you know, also on the new GCC app is a place that you can do your Bible reading right there. If we get really good in the future, we can put notes in there as well. But if you go down there and you can link on to the scriptures as well through your phone. But if you have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 2. 
I'm going to read a part of this and then we'll kind of give it some context. Luke chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 8. In the same region, there were shepherds. So I'm going to start in verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. In other words, there's a census being taken. Have you ever been a part of the United States for quite some time? You'll know somebody knocks on your door or you get a a piece of paper. We want you to number yourself. We want to count and a census is taken. Now, back that day, they had actually go back to their hometown to um, be counted. And so this is where they were traveling from. And the angel of the Lord, sorry, keep going back down too far. Let's back up to verse two. This was the first registration when... Aquarius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed. Remember, at this point in time, Joseph and Mary are still not married. They're engaged. And here it is that they're in this place of Mary's pregnant, not by Joseph, not by any other man, and now they're on this very long journey to go to Bethlehem. So he was with his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room or no place for him in the inn. So let me just put this in context for you a little bit. So you're going to see a map up here. This map shows you the journey that they had to take from Nazareth to Bethlehem. If you can't read it, just look at the uh, little dots. The the very top is Nazareth, Bethlehem is at the bottom. So sometimes when we talk about the Christmas story, we think that it's some like fairy tale story, but this is an actual event that took place right over here um, in Bethlehem. The blue is the Mediterranean Sea. This is modern-day Israel. By the way, Bethlehem still exists today, the city. But they had to travel this, this section. Now, this section was probably 70 miles. They needed to do it by foot. And um, you can keep that up there. So in there, there's two different routes that they could have taken. They could have taken the route by the, the, um, the water, or they could have taken a mountainous route. But if you were to say by foot, if they were to take that journey, maybe 20 miles a day, but with a donkey, donkeys kind of like to go their own way, maybe a little stubborn. So maybe between four and 10 days journey by foot. Now, if you've ever been any women here who've had babies, been pregnant before, raise your hands. You know how uncomfortable it is on those last days, right? So picture yourself, every, no food feels good because you're like indigestion, everything's up here and you're hard to breathe. Now you're sitting on a donkey wobbling back and forth or walking. Can you imagine? So here's Mary after four to 10 days of this incredible long journey. She is, remember, thinking that God, an angel has already spoken to her that she is a favored one and that she is going to give birth to the Messiah, that this is going to be the savior of the world. So Mary's thinking, all right, I'm special. I'm going to give birth to the savior of the world. Therefore, God, you must have something incredible for us as we're getting to Bethlehem. She's hot, 
probably a little dirty, probably didn't take any showers between that journey. They knock at the inn expecting, oh, we might be able to bathe, we might be able to have a bed. I'm sorry, Mary, there's no room at this inn. Expectations. She probably expected that there would be this great place waiting for her to give birth to the Messiah of the, you know, the king of the world, the Messiah. And then the only place for them was going to be a stable. A stable. A place where animals are. Now, I've been to North Africa, and up in North Africa, it kind of follows that loop. North Africa will swing up over into Israel, so all the terrain and the housing and that type of thing is very similar. Back then, this stable could have easily been two things. It could have been a cave that was um, etched out in the side of the hill, and and shepherds would bring their sheep there at nighttime uh, for safekeeping, or a lot of these Homes would be either built up, so you live on the upper parts on some either mountainous uh, areas or some hilly areas, or just built up, and the stable would be underneath them. But the reality of, regardless of whether it was a cave or whether it's stable, there's animals. And where there's animals, there's whatever you want to call it. Yes, it stinks, and there's manure, and it's not pleasant. Unmet expectations. Unmet expectations. You see, Mary at that point in time and Joseph, both of them could have been like, God, what are you doing? You just had us travel 70 miles to give birth in a stable? And I wonder if it's important to realign our expectations without lowering our anticipation that God is working in our lives. See, I think sometimes we... we we conjure a thought in our mind of this is the way it should be. And then when, when the reality doesn't match up what we've expected in our mind, we somehow want to blame somebody. Mary and Joseph could have easily blamed God. God, where are you in the middle of this? Did, did we even hear from you, God? Think about it. Put yourself in Joseph and Mary's shoes at that moment, or sandals, I should say. At that moment, that was a joke, just in case you're wondering. Um, Right after all that journey, then to find yourselves in a stable, what, some straw, some animals, a a manger, a a place to feed them, and we're huddling in a corner, and all of a sudden Mary goes into labor to give birth to the Savior of of the world, the person, the very person that we worship here on Sunday mornings and throughout the week. I wonder, maybe we just need to think about this, this, this stable that's stinky is, is maybe a great reminder for us when life stinks, and by the way, life stinks sometimes, doesn't it? I think we can all agree, when life stinks, God is still working a miracle. When life stinks, God is still working a miracle. And I wonder if we miss the miracle when we start saying, oh, my word, where are you, God, when my expectations are not met? You see, Mary and Joseph, or I should say Mary, gave birth to a savior of the world in an unexpected way, in an unexpected place, but God was good in their unmet expectations.
See, God's still God. God is still good. His nature doesn't change. And yet when we live our lives creating these expectations, we then start blaming God that those expectations aren't met. But really the reality is it's God hasn't let us down. It's our expectations, our wrong expectations that have let us down. What if we could get to the place in life that we just said, you know what? We just know who God is and how life unfolds. As stinky as it might be that we can still trust God that he's working something good. So what do we do with this? How do we take this this story, this account of Jesus being born, the savior of the world, who saved all of humanity by his death on the cross and resurrection, but he first was born, the, the greatest miracle that ever took place, the immaculate conception, and yet God chose to do this in a stable where it could seem like life stinks right now. Don't you know, God? We're exhausted. We're dirty. We're hot. We just traveled all this distance, and, and you, you let us do this? But God had a plan, and he had a purpose. And are we okay to let God be God? And that we don't try to control all these things, and that we don't try to create these expectations and then feel let down by God? You see, unmet expectations really take away our peace, don't they? When we've expected something that doesn't happen, we get a little stressed and we, get, we lose our peace. But what if we realize that he is our Prince of Peace? That when God is, is, doesn't seem to be in the middle of what my expectation is, that, that he's still good and that restores our peace when we look to him and not look to our circumstance or look to our expectation. I really pray, I've, met, I've talked to so many of you over the last couple of weeks and life is hard, life is stinking right now. And, and yet, my heart is that in the middle of that, you can find that there's a good God who will restore your peace. And maybe there's just these unrealistic expectations and learning to find contentment comes by not creating these unrealistic expectations. See, godliness with contentment is great gain, the Bible says. Paul says, I've learned to be content with all things, much or little. And I wonder if we just need to learn to trust God a little bit more and not create these expectations. I, I know when I was a kid, I probably, I learned this the wrong way. Some of you kids here in this room, this is going to be Christmas time and, and I want to, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but some of you might not get what you've hoped for. Maybe. It happened to me and I, I just, it, I was always so let down by it. I remember this one time, it was my birthday, and I thought I was pretty clear to mom and dad, mom and dad, this is what I really, really, really want. So, you know, the really, really, really helps emphasize to mom and dad that if you don't get this, I'm going to be disappointed, right? Well, come my birthday morning, my, the, the, the tradition was my parents would always put the gifts on the, on the table in the morning, and I would come down, and I could uh, open up a few um, presents, well, I'm opening up presents and I left this big one to the last thinking that this might be the one, that might be the one and I open it up and 
I'm probably eight or nine, and here it is, is a, it's a teddy bear. But not just any teddy bear, it's a teddy bear that my mom has spent months making. Glass eyes, she made overalls for them, and twisty arms, and she put a lot of energy into this and effort into this. And at that moment, though, I was mad. I was let down, and I let my mom know that what kind of gift is this? And I look back now, and it crushes my heart. Because my expectation actually ruined the miracle that was taking place right in that moment, which is a mother who was loving her son and was giving her very best of a gift for her that was not of her time, of her energy, and of her talent to me, her son. And yet I was so upset and I was so angry that I didn't get my gift. My expectations were not met. But because of that, I missed the miracle that was right in front of me. I later had to learn that that maybe I'm setting myself up to fail many times. Maybe I'm setting myself up by creating these expectations. Now, I'm not saying, hey, create no expectations and take the Eeyore approach. Oh, woe is me. Chucks, nothing's good ever going to happen for me, you know. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, how do you have the appropriate level of expectation? I would say anticipate big. Anticipate that God is able and he is faithful. Anticipate large, but, but let God be God. Let him determine how he wants the outcome to be. And maybe I'm wondering if we're looking at the the thing instead of we're looking at him. Our savior, our king. This Christmas, let us find peace and contentment by aligning our expectations. Knowing that God is good and he is working in your life. Like the very first Christmas some 2,000 years ago. Like the very first Christmas, some 2,000 years ago, do you believe that God can still work miracles when life stinks? If the worship team wants to come. What's going on in your life right now? Is your marriage struggling? Did you not get that job that you're hoping for? Are you going to be relocating? Maybe a boss or a leader is not responding the way that you expect them to respond. Maybe you know the stress of Christmas is, is you've got to go to some family functions that you know the, the crazy relative's going to be at. But what if maybe instead of looking at creating an expectation, good or bad, oh, this is going to be a horrible time because so-and-so is going to be there, expectation. Why Why don't you go and say, God's going to work a miracle here. Pastor Richie shared that with us last week. But maybe if your marriage is struggling, maybe if, if something's going on, life stinks right now. Maybe you just need to realize that God's good and he's still working a miracle. 
After all, he did it the very first Christmas with the Savior of the world. How do we think we're going to be any different? My heart for each one of you is that you would experience peace and contentment this Christmas season. That you would keep your eyes on the Prince of Peace. Keep your anticipation high, but your expectations, keep them aligned with what he's doing and what he's seeing. Do you see what I see is what the Lord is saying to us? Because many times, if all we're doing is looking at the expectation, our expectations will let us down. But if we're looking at God, God will never let us down. Because he's good. He's faithful. He's loving. He's kind. And he's close. That's what Emmanuel means. God with us. This Christmas, let him be close to you. Let him work a miracle in the midst of a stinky life. Because he's still working. He's still active in the situation. But we miss the miracle when we create wrong expectations. Let's look to our Savior, who is good and faithful, who wants to restore your peace gives you contentment in all things. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for for allowing yourself to be born in such circumstances that we can relate to. Father in heaven, that even though you allowed your son who already had such majesty and authority to come to earth to show us the way to our father but yet you allowed him to be born in the most insignificant way in the middle of a stinky stall using ordinary people to do an extraordinary things like Mary and Joseph Jesus, we come to this place in our lives at this Christmas season that we align our expectations to you. That we focus on you and the qualities of who you are and not get so caught up in a narrative in our mind that's going to create this expectation that may let us down. Jesus, I I created a life verse for me from Habakkuk. I'm just mindful this as I'm praying this now that your scripture says there are no cattle in the stalls, no sheep in the pen, no grapes on the vines, yet I'll still praise you. And Lord, that that was for me because I realized that, guess what? My circumstances and my expectations can let me down. thing I need to focus is is my praise to you, Lord Jesus. That will never let me down. 
Jesus, let us turn our eyes to you this Christmas season. Let us not get so preoccupied in the presents and the family and the functions that we forget the reason why we celebrate this holiday season. Let us remember when life stinks, you're still working a miracle. Is anybody here while we're still in this place of prayer? Everybody just praying, everybody fervently praying. There might be one or two or many that said, I've never given my life to Jesus, or I've kind of been kind of wandering around a little bit, and I'd like to give my life to Him. Because I know that if I try to live it on my own, I'm gonna fall short and be left empty. I don't have the assurance that I know that I need to have of my Savior, Jesus Christ. If that's you, you want the assurance of your Savior, Jesus Christ, who will walk with you, who will be with you through all aspects of life, not only for all eternity, but for today. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? Well, everybody's just still praying. Slip up your hand. Thank you. Anybody else? Slip up your hand if you'd like to receive Christ into your life today. Anybody else? Thank you. Jesus, Christmas is a great time to be reminded for each one of us what it is that you've done for us. This Advent season, Emmanuel, God with us, that you came close You came to this earth to show us the way to our Father in heaven, to to allow us to live in the kingdom of God here and now. Jesus, you took away our sin, our shame, our guilt. You went to the cross to, to cover us so we could be in right relationship with our Father, so he could be close to us. Jesus, all the other world religious prophets, can never claim what you did, Jesus. You came back to life. There's no other religion in this world where their prophet, where their savior has come back to life to actually say they are who they say they are. You, Jesus, were the one. So we worship you this morning. Give you all the praise and all the glory. We're going to sing a closing song and as we come to the end of it our prayer team is going to come forward and and they would love to pray with you if you are here and you just say you know life stinks i do need some support i do need some care i do need some prayer i do need healing i do need comfort our prayer team would love 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 to pray with you don't leave here feeling like you didn't get ministered to uh, this morning Merry Christmas. We have our two services tomorrow night, 5 o'clock, 6.30. Um, please plan on coming. Who's going to 5 o'clock? Who's going to 6.30? Yeah, half and half. So we're all set. Bring your fam- family. Bring your friends. Let's just celebrate. We'll be lighting the Christ candle tomorrow night. We get to celebrate the birthday of Jesus, our King and our Savior. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. 
If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 